Respect. What's the matter with you? Be a man! Good. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm here with some very familiar faces, but also one extra familiar face. And we're going to kick our episode off by telling everybody your character's name, race, class, and your character's favorite food. Let's roll to see who goes first. Did you get another natural 20? I did. (laughs) Natural 20 twice. Name is Felix Kitten. I am a tabaxi sun soul monk. And his, my favorite food or his favorite food? His favorite food. His favorite food. No, uh, tuna. His, <laughs> <laughs> like, not know, tuna. I, I have to say, his least favorite food is probably fish because he hates anything to do with like sea. Fair enough. Um, but his favorite food, I reckon, would be probably steak. Good choice. Yeah, you'll go there. Uh, yeah, it's Zendatis Demerol, uh, half elf, half tiefling. I am a warrior and source, uh, warlock and sorcerer. Uh, and Zandatus's favorite food would be honey puffs. Uh, so I'm Halrod the Haunted. I am a hill dwarf barbarian. And uh, Halrod's favorite food would probably be bread because of just how wholesome it is and the different ways you can prepare it. And it's, it comes from a farming town. So bread was one of the staples. Fresh bread in the morning. Love it. And last, but certainly not least, everybody's second favorite tabaxi. He, he's a shadow monk. Um, His favorite food is rainbow beef, which is, for those who don't know, is strips of beef, which is deep fried a little bit in sweet and sour sauce on a bed of rice. Delish. Very nice. Okay. When last we left off, our players got themselves in a spot of bother in terms of them actually entering or not entering themselves in the Freighter's Pit fighting tournament to legitimately win back a page that they already had in their possession because Key wants the trust of the person that gave them the page, but he also wants the page as well. He wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. So we're going to go back to the eating it too as we cut in on today's adventure. So we cut in on a fiercely swift moving tabaxi. The tabaxi's name is Felix Kitten. You weave in and out of the city streets of Cadmia, jumping on rooftops when you need to, swinging off flagpoles and jumping here, there, everywhere. As the city streets become less and less populated due to the night time time period, you begin turning into the cul-de-sac of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You can see the three-story building, the large telescope protruding up into the sky and the nightly laughs coming from through the stained glass window that sits at the front of the tavern. You see the large shield with the V and the O on it adorning the door. And at the front, you see the hero ever stationed there, the Goliath known as Achilles, arms folded, fur pelt across his shoulders. And as he looks at you, he gives you a nod as you pass through into the cul-de-sac, almost coming to that flash-like stop where you skid for a little bit. And as you stop, you sort of Swift your hair into the right position, looking around. You can see some people leaving, some people coming and going. From across the street, you can also hear the dinging of a hammer from the community forge that seems to be um, a light during the nighttime. What would you like to do? I'll give the the Goliath a nod and I'll duck straight through into the door and head straight to the bar. 
So you can see he's folding his arms and his biceps are just insanely large and you enter, the door shuts behind you and you go to the bar where you can see Malone serving a drink to a patron, a patron you've seen before, a bald-headed individual with a monobrow that seems to be looking into his own cup. He's already got a cup, but the bartender gives him another one. What would you like to do? Uh, I go straight to the... Like even if like they're con- having a conversation or talking, I'm just gonna interrupt them and like move straight to the bar and be like, "I'm looking for Zen." He watches the gentleman with the bald head or balding. He's got very thinning hair. He looks ex- incredibly average. You can see that he's got this mono brown. He's looking into two cups, one full of mead and the other one completely empty. But you can see there's like a green swirl around that one. And as he looks towards it and looks towards his cup, he looks towards you, Felix. He sighs and he points upstairs. What's wrong? He just shakes his head and points upstairs. Malone looks towards you and said, this is Micah. He's in a mood, but Zen should be upstairs. Well, Micah, wish you all the best. And I take off. As you take off, you hear a voice coming from upstairs, a voice you know to be Arden's, and it says, Micah, have you shifted those boxes yet? There's some cobwebs in my room. And you watch as Micah's just like, (sighs) as you make your way up the stairs, you start to circle in the spiraled staircase. You enter the war room with the mahogany smelling table, and I'll get you to roll a survival check, please. Or actually do a history check, because you can see if you... Remember where you've seen Zen maneuvering before. So looking around, you you remember seeing somebody that resembles what Zen might have looked like, but you have no idea. Um, you see this dwarven female moving through the war room and she looks at you and she says, How you doing, Felix? Hey, you? <laughs> God, can I roll through history to see if I She looks at her? you as you say that and she says, Turi, I'm Turi. I've been here the whole time. I know I like to sleep a lot, but gosh. As, uh, as I'm kid. sorry, I'm a bit frazzled. Uh, yeah, he's great. Taking on the leadership so role well, I hear. Yes, yes, he's a born leader. Okay, if you say so. You look uh, like you're in a rush. Uh, I am. I'm looking for Zen if you've seen him. Zen, ugh. Yeah, I room with him. He's always up in the stars. Constantly looking he's at He's up in the stars? Person. How do you get up there? No, That's I'm not. How am I going to reach that? Uh, they say Key's the annoying one. They do? <laughs> I find him to be quite pleasant most of the time. Sometimes, though, he can be. He's in a, a tower. Brash. Please go. <laughs> you uh, now realize you're literally standing <laughs> in the doorway of the stairs. This dwarven female is looking at you. She's just flabbergasted. Right. Tower, telescope, looking at the stars is where he always is. Ah, looking. Okay. Thank you. Move. As you move out of the way, she goes down and you hear her mumble under her voice, God, you all like that? As you begin making your way up to the tower, you enter the second story bedroom and you can see one bed that seems to be completely covered in papers, a desk that is just as much covered in papers with drawings and different sort of astrological signs. You can see posters stapled all around the room. And then on the other side, you can see a bed that seems to be immaculately laid out. It seems to have dwarven-sized boots next to it. And then you see a doorway to the left of the room that seems to lead up into stairs that go upwards. You look around and you can see one definitely looks like a messy scholar side and one looks like a OCD 
warrior dwarf side. You eventually make your way up the staircase and it spirals and spirals and spirals and eventually it goes to a trap door which you open. And as you open it, you can see that this circular area, most of its room is taken up by this golden massive telescope that seems to be pointing into the sky. However, next to it at a desk, you can see the figure of Zendardus. Zendardus currently, you are poring over a device, a device invented by your father, a device known as the magnetometer. As you pour over this device, across from you is your father, Xanifred. And you can see that he's sort of screwing in these mechanical devices, twisting it just so, and he's moving pieces of paper around as you two are constantly trying to work on this device. You watch as Arden is there too. You see him sipping on a cup of tea, his mustache coming in nicely. As he looks towards you, as you enter, Felix, and he says, Felix, you took off early in the afternoon, but you're back. I am back. Can we help you? Uh, yes, uh, looking for Zendatis. Zendatis is here, but he's uh, he's got some work that he needs to be doing. And um, at that, Xanifred sort of looks to you, like pats you on the shoulder, Zen, and says, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we need to continue this work, son. Uh, yeah, of course. What's going on? Then uh, you need to twist twist here. Look, No, he, it's counterclockwise. No, it is clockwise, Zen. D- look, I, I try and turn it counterclockwise. Uh, I'll get you to roll a sleight of hand check. <laughs> no. <laughs> as you turn it counterclockwise, you hear this... <laughs> and you watch as Arden just... Oh, God. You okay, watch perhaps it is clockwise. You know that stubbornness is going to get the better of you, son. Learn it from you. <sighs> Sorry. He looks up and you can see Xanifred stands. He's a spitting image pretty much of Zendardus, but you can see that he doesn't have horns and he looks a little bit older. As he looks towards you and he, sa- he says, uh, you better be interrupting for a good reason. Who are you two? Oh! When did he show up? Uh, I like to think I am. Uh, this is actually an urgent request for uh, Zendatis as uh, help in a matter. By no other than Halrod himself. They both look towards you, Zendatis, who looks incredibly confused. Incredibly, yes. Uh, uh, you, what? Halrod requested you by name. I have no idea who this Halrod person is. Zanifred. Xanifred looks up and says, he's very busy trying to complete this magnetometer. It is essential for our recent quest. You watch yes, I'm very, uh, I'm trying to get re- get this magnetometer ready. I I stare at um, Arden and make sure I, like, I make, Arden makes eye contact Arden with Arden is looking at you. And I say, this is of great importance. Arden stands up, looks at Xanifred and says, Xanifred, I'm sure you can fix this device for an hour or so. Without Zen's help. After all, we need this to be complete so we can then deliver the map, the octants, and this magnetometer to Rengar and his team. Zen, a break might be good. He watches Xenofred sort of sighs and he says, Well, Zendardus, I do suppose that is why we sent you to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You have the brain, but you do uh, need the brawn. Hey. Okay, uh, so what's exactly happening? Uh, well, it's time sensitive, so I'll tell you on the way. I, okay, I'll 
Just give me a few minutes to let me gather my things. You watch as you leave, Xanifred says, Son, be careful. Yeah, of course. Arden looks to you and says, Do the guild proud. As you do that, you watch as you exit. Uh, your father sort of twists a knob here and there and you watch as some of the spinning elements of the magnetometer line up and you watch as an image is portrayed onto the wall next to where the telescope is and it looks like constellations just moving through and he goes, ah, a breakthrough. Son, when you get back, we're going to work on this. Oh. Um, while he's getting ready, um, I might pull Arden aside. Yep. You watch as he moves over towards the side of the telescope and Xanifred looks way too invested in his work to even care. I'll say to Arden, like... We may have located a page and we are trying to get it now, but just in case we do not, we should hopefully return soon. But if not, the gnome's eye will be a good place for investigation if none of us make it back. He gives a nod and he says, you'll make it back. I hope so, but I'd rather people know where we are in case something does happen. That's noted. You need to survive because I need you for your newest mission, so return to me when you've done this. If you please. He watches, he looks over his shoulder as a spring fires out from the device and he watches the constellation picture just like (laughs) scatters out. And he says, Xanafruit, have you finished that yet? And he goes, I'm working, I'm working. At that, you leave and he watches Zendardis standing in the war room what would you have packed? Everything. So you can see he's got a lumbering bag on his back that you know for a fact Felix is going to slow him down tremendously. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you really need all of that stuff? Yes, 100%. It's going to make you look very conspicuous in where we're going. Is, is this something I should worry about? Yes. Now. He immediately looks worried. Look, you'll be fine. But apparently not. Apparently I have to not look no, conspicuous. Well, if you're carrying all that stuff, you probably won't I be fine. I have horns on my head. How do I not look conspicuous? You will fit in perfectly. Put your mean face on. I, what? And then I start... Roll a performance <laughs> check, Zen. So, you know those faces that people make when they try to smile, but they're not really smiling? You've currently got that happening. You can see, like, one fang protruding a little... He looks like he's about to take a poo. <laughs> Maybe just don't smile. Well, okay. I'll, I'll put down all my books and everything like that. All my maps of the stars and everything. You watch as he unpacks these one by one and lays them out in no order whatsoever, but it's taking a lot of time. Can't you just leave the pack there? All you need is yourself and weapons. Weapons? Well, what's your weapon? I don't. No. Okay, cool. Let's go. (laughs) You finally found someone more annoying than you. (laughs) And at that, you guys race off into the city streets. With Felix leading the way, Zendardus, you're moving at an incredible pace. The nighttime, as you're sort of taking a look at the stars, they're almost moving in a blur as Zendardus is pulling you this way and that, and you almost get motion sickness. Which, uh, why are we here? Why? What's happening? I am... Deeply concerned at the fact that this is the person Halrod has chosen to help us, especially where we are going. <laughs> With that concern on your brow, uh, we'll cut back to the members of our party who currently reside in the Freighter's Pit fighting area. 
And as that door finally closes, the orcish elevator attendant behind you, he looks to you and he says, Good luck. You're probably going to need it. Oh, we'll be fine. Harold's got someone else coming. I hear he's a fantastic warrior. I hope so. And at that, you watch as the crowd seems to be manoeuvring through this area. It's very sort of easy to be uh, inconspicuous in, in this sort of area because of the amount of people that seem to be around. So as you begin sort of filtering around, trying your best to blend in, Key, I'd like you to roll a wisdom save for me, please. You feel this almost like a spider sort of sensation, like the legs of a spider sort of crawling in through your ear, moving around the top of your brain and then just sort of grasping hold of it. And you get this intense headache just on the frontal lobe. And as you sort of press and press and press, looking around this area, your eyes are drawn to that gentleman in black in the corner and you look towards him and you can see he hasn't moved. But you do see his hand sort of moving in a motion as if a spell is being cast. And you watch as he stops that, he stands up straight and moves off around the perimeter of this area and up one of the staircases that seem to lead out into another elevator leading upwards. He sort of um, puts two and two together and uh, comes to the conclusion that uh, this man is manipulating me, causing pain. Where's Harold at this present moment? He's probably right beside you. As you sort of feel it, you don't feel like it's causing you any immediate pain, but there's definitely a presence within your brain for that, that moment. But then as soon as he leaves, it's almost like, you're in a wind tunnel and then you suddenly exit and everything becomes clear. The sound around you just continues to filter through. You seem to have your senses. You you remember the passage of time that just happened. It wasn't like you were controlled or anything, but there was something. Did I feel this? Do I acknowledge this to be the same sensation I had when I first opened the tome? No. No. That sensation was more of a shifting of your your physical self. This seemed to be more like a invasion. Okay. Um, so Harold's with me. Mm-hmm. Harold. This is going to sound a bit strange. Did you happen to manage to... You know how I talked about the man with the gold? You know, Goldfinger? We called him Goldfinger? Yeah, I remember Goldfinger. Well, I could be, you know, barking up the wrong tree here. But I think he's manipulating or doing something to my psyche. I don't know what. I'm tempted to get distracted and go follow him for a second. We need you here, Kate. Don't go after him. I agree. We were here for a purpose. But I'm going to keep my eyes peeled, and if I see him again, I may have to do something. We don't know who Goldfinger is, and we don't know anything about him. We know we have to get this page back down here. I know, I know. It's just, it's just weird. It's, he was moving his hands and I felt something in my head. And as soon as he got out of range, it stopped. I know there could be coincidences, but in this world of magic, anything can happen. But I think he's a cause of it. But anyway, onto the task. Do, do you feel any different? I feel fine now. I, yeah, I feel fine. 
as you're having this conversation, you watch as patrons are moving through your conversation, but because it's so crowded and the noise is kind of blurring everybody's senses, nobody seems to be tracking what you're talking about. It's almost as if you're lost in the crowd audibly and physically. However, from the right of you where you know the pit is, you hear the unmistakable sound of three loosing arrows and then the sound of those arrows hitting flesh and then stone and then a cheer again. Just <laughs> and then cheering. Well, somebody's dead. Is that the hunter? You look down and you can see the hunter once again. He's back towards you, moving to his common stool, sits down and just sits there, arms folded in the dark. You watch as people begin exchanging coins once again. And at that, what would you like to do? Well, let's go see who we're up against, I guess. We'll go, or do we want to wait for Zendatus and Felix to get here? Maybe we should wait and place a bet on the hunter. How much gold do you have? Oh, actually, I, how much gold do you have? I've got 10 gold pieces. 10 gold pieces, great. Yeah, you, know, you remember Master Thatch? Yes. <laughs> Still got the gold from that. I think the hunt is a sure thing. While we wait, why don't you just place a bet? Who cares who he's fighting? Anybody who fights is going to get minced anyway. Yeah. Except maybe me. As you say, <laughs> <laughs> as you say that, you watch as Wachter goes and stands, his bald head, his single eye meandering through the crowd, and you watch as he holds out his hands again. It seems like he's um, portraying his voice louder than it should actually be. And as he does, he says, Ladies, gentlemen... Thieves and vagabonds, you are in the company of the hunter. And you watch as he says that, everybody's just like, ooh. And the hunter just sits with his arms folded. He doesn't care for this showmanship. He turns around and he says, the next contestant against the hunter to try and topple him from his mantle is Faye. And you watch as they give a clap. And as this female individual begins walking out, you can see she seems to be see she seems to be a drow individual. She has this red hair, and you watch as she brandishes these two knives and swishes them out. Place your bets. You have approximately thirty seconds before the carnage begins. After that, there will be two more rounds before the final special event, where we will be playing for. And he holds up the page of the Spiritbound Tome. And you watch as it's sort of glowing purple in the light as he does. You can see the garb that she's wearing. She seems to be wearing a garb that has eight circular uh, symbols on it with eight vertical lines. And you look up through the crowd as she enters and you can see that the members of the Corellian house that seem to be um, housing the, the same symbols uh, seem to be taking a lot of bets as if she is the fighter for them. You also know she's a drow. And drows seem to be like a, a rarer race and they've barely ever come out in the light of day. Uh, so seeing that this is sort of an underground area, you watch as well as various different members of city guard and bandits alike begin moving to different bookies that you can see standing on top of kegs and they're all wearing like an orange sash around their neck to indicate that they're the the moneylenders. Mm. What do you reckon, Key? Who, do you reckon do you, the drow can take, mm, take down the hunter? No. The hunt is a safe bet. All right, we'll go with the hunter. You make your way over to the nearest orange sash wearing individual, which seems to be a slender human with uh, spectacles across the nose. And you watch as he's just busily taking these bets. And you watch as people are just waving coins in his, like money bags and coins in his direction. You watch as he's taking them, making a note, taking them, making a note. And he finally gets to 
both of you. And as he looks to where you should be, he looks down another foot and a half and he sees Halrod and he says, Hello, sir, your bet, please. Uh, how many gold pieces you got, Key? Like two? Two. <laughs> I got ten. This needs to be an expedient process, however, the customers. Twelve gold pieces on the hunter. He takes it and he says, See me, your bet will be doubled if you're victorious. And he watches, he puts the, the gold in and he says, A name for the bet, please. Halrod. Writes down Halrod. You watch as he looks towards you, Key. A bet for yourself, master. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm tapped out. I'm good. And he looks around and begins moving back around to get other people. And he says, bets this way, bets this way. Uh, and at that, you guys look around and you can see this area is particularly crowded. And as you make your way back through the serpentine sort of crowd, ducking through people as you do, you sort of clear the way. And immediately as you clear the way, you almost bump chest to chest key with a very bold very crooked nose looking guard and as he does you can hear this voice he says oh I'm so sorry you you what are you talking about I've never met you You where is your friend the other tabaxi monk the one who did this to my pretty face let's face it with that nose it wasn't pretty beforehand (laughs) you're not in a safe place here dwarf I'd mind your tongue Mm, and uh, I would mind yours, lest, you know, the magistrate find out that one of the city guard is in a den of inequity. He looks towards you both and he says, It'll be my word against yours. Besides, he was lucky to get off once on the city guard. End of the magistrate. Do you think he'll have it a second time? No. I know these tabaxi are lucky, but it looks like your luck's run out. That depends. Are you going to make a move or shut up? He looks towards you, moves directly in your way, our rod. And looks towards you, Key, and says, Had to hire a bodyguard, did we? Afraid of some recompense? I'm not afraid to take you on. <clears throat> you can always put your money where your mouth is and do it in the pit. What do you say? Care for a friendly? He looks towards you both and he says, I've already proven myself to you. And I can't... Shut up! And he begins, <laughs> he begins moving through to the bookie. And he grumbles something under his breath, looking over his shoulder as he does. I see him living in your head rent-free now. He looks over back towards you, and he just looks back towards the bookie. At that, you guys make your way through the crowd, find a place to sit. And as you do, actually, there's three tables that you could possibly sit at as you're looking towards them. You can see one is full of what looks like city guard. There's two seats left. And you can see another one seems to be a mixture of uh, orcish folk as well as uh, a single dwarven individual. And you can see that the last one seems to have a various amount of humanoids sitting around it. Let's not sit with the city guard, perhaps. I think we should sit with the orcs. Yeah, let's go. All right, you begin making your way to the table. And as you get there, there seems to be this larger orc individual that stands up as you approach the table and he holds up a hand and he says in orcish, what you hear, Halrod, is what the... And what you hear, uh, Key, is this seat's taken. Uh, He's talking to you, Harold. He said, uh, your mum smells like dirty bananas. Is that what he really said, Key? He watches he growls in your direction. <laughs> Seen her recently, have you? He looks towards you and says in common, Seen who? Yeah, that's what I thought, Key. 
Sorry. Um, what are you saying? Seat's taken. Okay, no problem. We'll move on. That was easy. <laughs> I've known your kind to be a bit more rambunctious. Uh, what can I say about my wife? I'm lawful good. If you say the seat's taken, I'll take your word for it. An honest dwarf. There you go. You can take this seat if you like. Oh, thank you much, Lee. And you watch as the other one sort of sits down, elbows him and says, What are you doing, Fred? And Fred just sort of looks at me and says, I want to see what he's all about. <laughs> as you sit down, you watch as you sort of nestle in between these two orcs that just sort of muscle into you, Halrod. And the other one looks towards you and says, Well, are you going to sit or are you his pet? No, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll have a seat. Very well. We just placed a bet. I hope you bet on the right one. Well, we bet on the hunter. That's a smart bet. <laughs> he looks and says, that's my brother, you know. Really? Yes. He's quite formidable. We fought in the Territories War. Have you heard of that? You would have, Halrod. You're probably not key. It rings a vague recollection. Well, let's just say that we weren't part of that war for long. Because you ended it quickly? More we deserted it Found profit where we could. Ah, so you ended it quickly and found more profitable avenues. You watch as he looks to the uh, orc that elbowed him and I said, See, this dwarf's on the level. Get out of here. <laughs> you watch as you guys begin conversing. Drinks are had and you watch as you converse. Uh, another fighter. Oh, not another fighter. The fight begins with uh, Frey and uh, the hunter. So. Oh, that's a natural 20. So you watch as the fight immediately starts. You watch as a handkerchief is dropped by Waktra from the top and you watch as it hits the ground, the fight starts. And you watch as the hunter takes out his bow and as he takes out his bow, he strikes the ground with his arrow. And as he strikes the ground with his arrow, he forces the drow jump up and she just throws these two knives in his direction. You watch as he gets the uh, actual bow part, the wooden part of his bow, and he ticks one away and then spins the other one around so it hits the roof and then this other dagger just moves straight past you guys and into the crowd. You look behind you and it's embedded basically into this humanoid individual who's carrying two drinks and it's immediately like and falls flat onto the floor. You watch as people just move over this guy as they begin looking down into the pit. As she's in the air and she's about to land, you watch as the forced jump from the hunter causes him to fire yet a second arrow and the second arrow pins her directly in the throat and the oversized arrow takes her back with the momentum and pins her into the wall. And you watch as she's pinned into the wall, you watch as she struggles for a bit, but he's already on his way back to his seat. You watch as the crowd begins to silence as her final breath is had. And you watch as the guards inside begin to take her down and everybody moves towards the bookies for their coin. I guess we have 24 coins now, Key. <laughs> And you watch as the orcs in particular just sort of get up and like, and they're growling in their way. And you watch as he stands up and Fred just looks towards him and says, that's my brother, that's the hunter. And you watch as this individual that saw you before with the spectacles and the brown, uh, sorry, the orange neckerchief just moves over towards you, drops a bag of coins in front of you, Halrod, and continues to move on. And you watch as Fred looks towards you and says, good win, good win. Hey, Key, there's your coins and your winnings back. <laughs> if you're handing them out, I'll take some too. <laughs> ah, and you watch as... Not today, but I might buy as a round. What do you reckon? <laughs> that sounds good to me. And you watch as there's probably like four or five 
orcs sitting around that area and the single dwarf that was there has since moved. And at that, do you buy them around? Yeah. Okay. So take four gold pieces off Mm -hmm. and you watch as they're all your best friend now. They're like hugging you. And at that. Still got 16 gold pieces. They sort of look around and then the next fight begins to start. As the next fight begins to start, uh, we cut to Felix and Zen. Felix and Zen, you make your way through. You're standing out front of the tavern and Zen, for the first time, you see this dingy looking pub. It smells of seawater with a swollen door. You can see that the salt of the wind in the air has sort of stained some of it. It's This is the places that your father warned you about going into. Why Why did you bring me here? What is happening? Halrod wanted you here. But let me just say, where we're heading is not a good place. Honestly, I don't even want to be there. This <laughs> seems like an awful decision well, on so many levels. That's something you're going to have to ask Halrod. I am just doing his bidding. But um, he said you're going to be useful, so let's hope so. Just uh, don't talk to anyone. Keep your head down. Follow me. And you'll be fine. I'll look out for you. Okay. Okay, let's go. The door (laughs) shifts open. You begin making your way through. You get a nod from the dwarven lady uh, that comes through. You can see some of the city guard have sort of obviously come back through the other side and are drinking in this tavern. And Zendardis, you get a moment of comfort seeing some city guard there and you're like, okay, reputable. All right, sweet. Um, As you make your way out to the back, you can see the orc standing by the door and you watch as he looks towards you and you can see him like his tongue's poking out one side as he's looking at you. He points to you, Felix, and then his tongue moves to the other side and he points to you and then he points to his own head and he like feels horns that aren't there. Happy devil. I, I don't think either right now uh, I am more scared and I'm not a devil. Not a quick cat. Ah, that would be me. Um, I'm I know your friend. Ah, Key would have uh, said something. Key, that's his name. He he vouched for you too. Apparently you're fighting in the pit Who's tonight. Key? What? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be um, it's extremely fun. What? Right this way. I'm sure Walter will be happy to see his newest contestants, Warriors of Freighter's Pit, and I'm the one to bring you there. I, I, I like to exciting. book it. You um, go to attempt I, to run. I got him. <laughs> can uh, I make a contestant strength check? No, he oh, can fuck. make a sleight of hand check to grab your collar and you can make a acrobatics check to get out of the way. Okay, so you go to run and you get this, what's it called when you get clotheslined? This is clotheslined. <laughs> yeah, you basically feel this grip on the back of your robes and you sort of run and then get jerked backwards and you watch as a piece of paper just falls down from the floor. You quickly go and pick it up and shove it back in your bag. The orc looks to you and says, the pit's the other way, warrior. Where are you going? As you say that, you get pushed into the elevator. The door shuts and you watch as Zen just grabs onto it and looks like he's <laughs> into a cave. I, like, I stare at it and I'm like, just <laughs> As you cry, he says, you know what? That's the same sound that my brother made before I punched him in the nose. Why would you punch your brother in the nose? Because he ate my food. Okay, I guess that's kind of fair. As you say that, he looks towards you and he says, You sure he's a friend of Key? He looked like he was really put together. And this guy here, well, he holds up a hand, but you can definitely hear what he's whispering. He says, He's a bit of a wimp. That's all a part of his ploy. 
he, he throws him off guard and then sticks him in the back. Very deceptive. They should call you the deceiver. And that's why he's such a great warrior. Very deadly. Look, I'm going to place a silent bet on you. <laughs> Please don't you lose your money. I've got some inside information here. Ah, look. He watches the door opens and as it opens, he says, here you go. I'll see you later. Swift cat and the deceiver. <laughs> no. We'll see you very soon. As you enter, you see this area for the first time, Zendardus, and you can see about a hundred different people in this area, a large raised podium with a single chair on it, and atop that chair you can see a bald individual with a single eye just looking menacingly down into this fighting pit that everybody seems to be looking down into. What is this place? Where are we? Why does that man only have one eye? I'm currently ignoring him and I'm going to quickly scan the room to see if I can find the Roll a perception check. And as you do and you focus on the guy with one eye, you scan the room and you can see a group of uh, city guards that seem to be engaging in some less than reputable activities and artists. It's very shocking to see. And as you look around, you can see people of different... uh, this is basically a melting pot of different social classes. You can see the nobles, you can see the poor people and the rich people. And as you look at it, you think to yourself, this is really scary, but like this sort of negates any sort of class system that this is this is weird. You're seeing different sorts of people just mingling with each other that wouldn't normally mingle on the surface. It's it's strange. Felix. Felix. Yes. Are there demons here? Last time I was in a place with lots of people, I got bitten by a demon crocodile alligator thing. Uh, I don't. I had to shoot water in its mouth. I made it pop. I don't want to do that again. Uh, well, we'll unpack that later. Um, I don't believe you'll have to encounter anything like that here. Uh, are there any lizard folk? Roll a perception check. You don't see any. Okay. <laughs> You look around, it's way too crowded, and you're take, you're like eyeing off the city guard, thinking like, help me, please. <laughs> but as you, yeah. The only demons you'll find here are the ones that people keep to themselves. That's cryptic. You watch into the corner as two individuals begin to just start a brawl on the outside of the pit. Two of them just start punching each other, and one pushes the other against the wall, and you watch as three other individuals go to break it up and they're all laughing and they point and waggle a finger in his in his face and they're just like, they all sit down and begin having a drink together. Just seems like a rough neighbourhood. At that, I'd like Key and also Halrod to roll perception checks, please. Both of you immediately see, looking towards the doorway that came in, a large orcish individual waving to you vigorously. And then you also see Felix scanning the room, looking quite serious. And then a very hunched over, shaking, half elven, half tiefling looking into weapons here. What is that? Is that the happy demon? That's the happy demon. I have never seen anything like that. I just beeline straight over. Mm -hmm. And um, I just pop up behind Zen and I'm just sort of like over his shoulder. I'm like, please don't hurt me. I'm not tasty. (laughs) Ah, Keith. I was looking for you guys. You find the most interesting people, Felix. We have some questions for Halrod. <laughs> so this is the great warrior, yes? Did I say he was a warrior? Yes. No, I never said he was a warrior. I said he was the one we needed. In a fighting pit. I didn't say he was fighting either, did I? I said he was going to be patrolling on the outside, creating distractions for us so we can gain the advantage in the pit. Did I not say that? You're going to make him 
Cause distractions on the outside. Yes, he'll just cast an Eldridge Blatch and Blaster accidentally every now and again at the ceiling. They'll distract the fights as we take advantage and kill them. <laughs> but you realize they're talking about all of this while you're there. <laughs> you're like watching a tennis match. I don't know, he sets fire to some papers, distracts the fight. Who knows? Why would I want to burn papers? You can write calculated formulas on them. Do you want to give him a math lesson or do you want to help us? Math. Well, Xandarin, I realize I've dragged you into a rough neighborhood and this is perhaps not your area of expertise. However, you do have a set of skills I don't find endearing for this kind of job. I have a question. Go ahead. Who are you? I'm Halrod, the Haunted. You know, Valiant Odyssey Guild. Been around there for a few years now. I just shake my head. <laughs> so what are these skills he has that you reckon are going to be useful? Well, do you want to tell them what your skills are? I, I'm, I'm smart. Well, kind of. I'm more wise than smart. And I, I'm good at reading the stars. And I can heal people. Well, that's... There's an advantage. I um, actually take a step behind him and turn him towards to face the pit. And I say, if you're very smart, then how do we beat that? And, and as you look down, you can see a now glaive wielding orc with dreadlocks that go down to the middle of his back. These heavy tusks that protrude over his lip, one snapped off. And you can see the glaive is in an upward motion and cuts off the arm of this individual that he seems to be fighting. And you watch as the arm spins around and <laughs> lands directly in front of you. You watch as it twitches a little bit and then falls limp. And you watch as the crowd just sort of open up, look towards you and look back towards the pit and just yell in excitement. You're just eyes locked on this hand. Very simple. Okay, so here's what you want to do. You want to let me go so I can turn around and run the opposite direction. Should have got that Goliath guy. I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think that might have been a better idea. We should have got Achilles. We can make this work. In an ideal world, I would have loved to have got Gorgonbort, Rengar, Baron Barnabas, but unfortunately none of them cats are available. We don't know where Leo is. He hasn't come back from the Wissonia Institute. And for the, you know, and for the most part, this is what we have right now. The choices were you and Micah, and let's face it, you are more useful than Micah. Micah killed like three demons last week. Good for Micah. But we don't need we don't need demon killers. We need people with I'm probably fighting him. I need you to keep me alive. At that you watch as a slumping sound is heard, and you watch as Wachtra stands up and he moves over to the crowd and he says Well as it was expected, the winner so far has been the hunter. The hunter is so far the top runner for this amazing prize of the spirit-bound tome page. Oh yeah, and that's what we're trying to retrieve. You get to look at it if you help us. I don't want to look at it. The last time I did, I had a mask stuck to my face. It was awful. I almost turned into a demon myself. Even though, technically, I already am 33% a demon. As he begins speaking as well, he says, We have a very special event for you today. The man, the... Feline ferocious enough to bring us this page is here tonight. And you watch as everybody begins clapping. And then they look to the two tabaxi in the room. And they all sort of look to you and they all give a bow. Guards, nobles, even beggars and vagabonds. They all look to you both. 
and just give a nod of recognition. And at that, they turn around back to Wachtra and Wachtra says, And they have asked to participate in the freighter's pit tradition of Cadmia tonight because they so nobly want to win this back. Now a lesser man would have taken it and ran, but Tezanus himself trusts these cats. So we will give them their day in the sun. Enter the pit if you dare. And you watch as everybody claps. Zendatus, how, how, what range is your healing spell? Around 60 or so feet. Perfect. You just hear, cat, 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 Wait, cat. did they want both of us in there? They want all three of us in there. To be fair, nothing else has been a fair fight but against a hunter. Bro, I could take him. As you say that, the chanting gets louder and louder and you watch as Wachter himself begins clapping above his head, almost Viking clap style. Well, you ready for this, Kitty? You actually see Zendatus creeping away through the crowd and you watch as the orcish individual, <laughs> as well as you two, Halrod and Felix, grab him by the shoulder and the orcish individual grabs you by the shoulders too, the elevator attendant, and says, You're going to be great. <laughs> Zen, 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 look, 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 look focus. Slapped him. <laughs> You're not going in the pit. You are just going to cast Lay of Hands from 60 feet away and keep us alive if we get hit by this monster. I don't have Lay on Hands. Whatever the hell, whatever curing spell you have. You watch as you all begin to get ushered to the edge of the fighting pit. When he slapped me, could I have cast Guidance on him? You have Guidance, you can add 1d4 onto your next saving throw. Noise. Um, and also, you see this 20, you see this 16 gold? Take it to a bookie, put it on us to win. Okay. Well, I turn to the... Random orc. What's a bookie? Any gentleman that's wearing an orange sash around their neck is taking money that will then be distributed to winners of the gambling bet. Now, please don't inform any city guard that aren't in this room of this because illegal gambling in Cadmia is, in fact, against the law. No. No. Just do it. No. The odds will not be in our favour. We will earn a fortune. No. I don't want to break the law. Zen. I know. Zen. Don't worry. You've got a job to do. I'll guide him through it. And you watch as he takes him under his arm. Good man. <laughs> I'm like <At> a cat. <laughs> the three of you get ushered to the edge of the pit and you watch as you Here are surrounded by people. You have a five foot sort of gap and you look down into the pit and above, sorry, below you, you can see looking up toward you is this grey skinned orcish individual that looks fierce and menacing. Dried blood splattered across his gauntlets and across his weapons as he looks towards you. Not aggressively, just looking. At this moment, I take a bit of concern because I don't really want to put Felix in danger. And they're calling for cats, so I don't think they're really looking for Harold to go down there. So I push Felix back and I say, I've got this. Unless, of course, they chant you to get in and you get in. Just let me get in there first and see if it calls the crowd. I then jump straight into the pit. As you jump into the pit, three-point hero stance, you hear the crowd yell, and scream and they're intent on your ambition you watch as the individual known as the hunter takes out his bow rolls his shoulders cracks his neck and as he looks towards you he looks up towards the other cat and he speaks for the first time he looks towards you and says 
You're going to need him. Well, if you want to take on two of us. You listen to the crowd go, Ooh. I'm going to jump in. <laughs> you jump down next to him. You look up to Halrod who's standing there. You look up to see Zendardus cradled by this massive orc who's got this big grin on his face. You can see as well that the orc in the pit looks toward Halrod and says, Stumpy too. Who you calling Stumpy? I jump in. As you jump in, you watch then as a scuffling occurs on the right-hand side of the pit. As that scuffling occurs, you hear some yelling from that manoeuvring of people and you can see people being pushed and you hear this person say, I'll join too. And you watch as pushing through the crowds, this bald individual with a crooked nose. Ah, for f- he stands <laughs> up through and he says, if they're in the pit, I have a bone to pick with them and I will make it known that nobody breaks the nose of Ornstone and gets away with it. And he jumps into the pit and you watch as he rips off his armor, pulls his shirt open and the crowd just starts laughing. <laughs> as they start laughing, he's just like, shut up, all of you. They're going to see their day. And I can't get them above, so I'll get them here below. And you watch as he just takes his mace and just slaps it onto the ground and he says, you're in for it, cats. And at that, Zendardus, you look to the orcish individual and he looks down to you and he says, this is going to be the best day in Freighter's Pit that I've ever seen. we got to take this, this money to a bookie. we got to do it right now, right now, over here. And he ushers you through the crowd and you can see this gentle giant just gets incredibly aggressive at this point and just starts waving people away. He's just like, get out of the way, move, move, move. And you watch as he throws one of them into a table, crashes through, and you watch as he gets to this bookie and he says, we have a bet to make, Mr. Zen. 16 on the three, the two cats and the dwarf. You, as he takes this glasses individual, takes the money and he goes, that's 16 gold on the hunter. Uh, um, no, the other ones, please. Th- what? You're kidding, right? No, I got told to do this. <laughs> you realize the odds are 10 to 1. <gasps> okay. I don't know what that means. I'm splitting it with you if we win. 10. <laughs> he strikes. Is that good? You watch as the orc looks to you and goes, that's absolutely terrible, but great if we win. So should I put more on? Yes. I'd give him another 50. He takes it and he goes, <laughs> you must hate gold. And as he crosses the name across the bet standing, you watch as the orc individual also looks and says, oh, I honestly thought that you, Mr. Deceiver, were jumping in the bit too. Because you're not, I think I'll withhold my bet. You watch as he sort of looks and he says, I thought you were their secret weapon. (laughs) Anyway, let's watch the fight. And you watch as he turns you around. And at that point, I'll get you guys to roll initiative. So you cut in, the three of you, Halrod, Key, and Felix. You stand in this pit. You can hear the wave echoing off the roof of this cavern that seems to emanate underneath the Gnome's Eye Tavern. Zendardus under the arm of an orc elevator attendant looking inside at this monster of a man, of an orc rather, standing with a heavy longbow, a glaive, and he's looking at all three of you. He looks surprised as an additional member jumps in, Ornstone, a member of the city guard who had a previous altercation with our tabaxi friends. 
I'll get you all to roll a perception check. Noise. So all of you are able to see that as Orn pushed through the crowd, two individuals were following him. And you can see they now stand on the edge of the pit looking at Orn, who is shirtless and banging this mace on the ground, looking intently at you especially, Felix. Uh, they look armed and ready to engage in battle if need be, but they're not currently inside the pit. So at that, we break into initiative and key, you're up. Okay. I start moving to a distance of 30 feet away from, um, from the hunter. As at that point I go, it's time to introduce you to my new weapon. And I unsheath my, my dagger whip. Doesn't look like much. It does look pretty, but it doesn't look like much. But then I continue to say, in anybody else's hand, this is just a whip. But in mine, it becomes a complete weapon. I am the weapon with this. And I hereby name this. At the same time, my tail is holding a dagger while I'm holding the whip. And I crack it. Catter two tails. And with that, you watch as the crowd, and from within the pit, you guys can see that the walls seem to have jagged spikes coming off of it. They seem to be makeshift. The sand at the bottom is quite rough, but in spaces you can see it's cleared onto a stone floor. And over in the back corner, underneath the platform that overhangs where um, Wachtra sits, you can see the stool that the hunter had previously been sitting on that he now stands in front of. So what would you like to do with your new weapon, Key? Uh, I will attack. Um, I'll use my whip to attack his legs with the intention of doing damage, but also maybe toppling him, bringing him to the ground. All right, roll your attack. So your whip strikes out, and as it strikes out faster than lightning, you watch as it gets within his reach. He hits it with the base of his bow, and he just stands on the blade as he looks towards you, whip taut, and the crowd just reacts to that motion, and he looks towards you. He releases it. I then throw a dart okay. at um, the hunter. The roll your attack. Don't mind that whip. It was my first time. That will hit. Seven damage. Seven Piercing. damage. Nice. So as the damage hits, you watch as he releases this knife, this dagger, and he looks down at it. You watch as you retract it, and as you do, and he looks at that rope with your other hand. You throw this dice, uh, this this dart, sorry, and it gets him directly into the rib. And you watch as he pulls it out, throws it to the ground and snarls in your direction. <laughs> At that, are you going to move or are you good? Um, I'll stay there. All right. Brings us to his turn. On his turn, you watch as he loads his bow with three arrows at the same time. Yeah. Back. As he pulls this bow back, he lines over it, holding it horizontally, and you can see him holding it, looking like Lurts from Lord of the Rings, and he just <laughs> releases all three at once. One towards each of you. Key does a 12 hit your AC. No. Felix, 19. Yes. And Halrod, 22. Ouch, yes. All right, so the first elongated arrow looks like the size of a javelin, exits the bow in this arcing motion. The first one, Key, you dodge just by doing this backflip and it sinks just underneath the arc of your back. The other two, however, you are caught off guard and you take damage. I want to try and catch it if I can. Return missiles. Yep. Yep, you can do that. Halrod, you take 11 points of damage. Felix, you take 9 points of damage, reduced to 
You son of a bitch. So that's only eight. Eight points. Yeah, so I get to take one point of damage. You take one point of damage. So you catch it, but the force of this, you're used to catching arrows of regular size, but you catch it and the bowstring must be extremely taut on this, which indicates the strength of your opponent. And you just stop it shy of your fur. It nicks probably entering your body about an inch or so and you take it out. It hurt a lot. At that, you watch as he will then, you watch as he closes the gap and as he closes the gap, he'll use his bonus action to change weapons. So as he's running, sheaths his bow, pulls out his glaive that drags along the sand and as he does so, you watch as he stands ready 10 feet away from you guys. Uh, that brings us to Zendardus' turn. Zen, you're under the arm of this large orc as the crowd seems to have nestled in around. It's very hard to move in this area, so movement will be at half speed uh, just because you're manoeuvring through the crowd. And the orc's just like holding you tightly and goes, This is the best. This is the best day ever. Boo, random hunter man. <laughs> Lose. And uh, using that as a disguise, I cast Hex on uh, the hunter, uh, targeting his strength. Uh, so he has disadvantage on all strength checks. Wonderful. So his strength is now reduced. What does he look like as the Hex takes hold? He just starts sparkling a little bit. You know Tinkerbell? Yep. Yeah, that. You three who are very close to him probably see this. The members of the crowd don't seem to react. But Zen, you subtly cast this spell. And within the cacophony of the crowd, it does seem to go unnoticed, even though it wasn't as quiet as you would have liked. Is that your turn, Zen? Just trying to confirm if Mind Sliver is an action spell or a bonus action spell. Okay. It is an action spell. I'm going to make him make a intelligence saving throw, and he has to beat a 15. So you got to beat a 15. I don't know why it says 13. Okay, well, I rolled a 14. Okay, cool. So he takes... A D6 uh, psychic damage, so he takes six points of psychic damage. And the next saving throw he has to make, he has to take a D4 off as well. So not okay. only does he have disadvantage, but he also has to take a D4. All right, cool. All right, so as that hits him, you watch this almost like a firefly just begin buzzing around his head. And then as that buzzes around his head, you watch as it makes his eyes just sort of flash with bright light and something's happened to him magically. You guys look at this as you're sort of weighing up your options with him. You just see this arcane, arcane sort of energy moving around him. Alrod, you're up. I am going to whip out the oath bow, which is now attuned. And I'm going to level it at the hunter and say, you like to use a bow, so do I. And it's going to be a 21. 21 hits. I'm going to say, swift death to you who have wronged me, which makes it an 3d6 damage, I believe. Yep, extra damage. On your sworn enemy. 20 damage. Ooh, very nice. Fucking hell. So as the arrow is released from 10 feet away, you say these magical words, and as you do, you watch as the arrow is released, hits him directly into the gut, and it sinks all the way down in his body to where the fletching is on the arrow. And as it sinks, you can see it just protruding onto the other side. He grabs the fletched part, and he snaps it and throws it to the ground, and he looks towards you, and he says, Worthy competitors. This will be fun. And at that, you watch, as he says fun, he sort of flinches a little bit, just like, ah! And as he does that, you watch as this flare happens in his mind, and that's the curse taking effect from the hex from Zendardus. Uh, that brings us then to Orn's turn. Orn looks towards the fray that's going on, and he says, Oi, you old bastard, don't take those cats away from me! And you watch as he runs towards you guys. He's going to interact directly with Felix, and he's going to lay all of his attacks on him. Sorry, two attacks. 
First one's going to be a 19, and one's going to be a natural one. So I'm guessing the 19 hits. Uh, You take four points of bludgeoning damage as the mace hits you directly across the chest for the first one, and then in the same motion he sort of swings it around and goes horizontally down, and as he does that he smashes it into the ground as you jump up and land on top of the mace that's standing on the ground, and you watch as his bald head and his crooked nose looks up towards you in the candlelight of this area, and he just says, Tricky, tricky tricks aren't going to get you out of this one, cat. And uh, at that, he will end his turn. You watch as the two individuals on the outside, the guards, seem to be looking and cheering as you get hit, Felix, and then it brings us to your turn. Save me the trouble of coming to you. And I'm going to, like, I'm going to do it back, and as I go to land, I'm going to, like, with two hands, like, come across aiming for his nose, and I'm going to try and smash him with my quarterstaff. Go for it. Smash him with the quarterstaff. What'd you get? Uh, Seven. Okay, so yes, he does like a matrix dodge as this bow staff just goes straight across and he pumps himself back up and he says, not as agile when I can see it coming. Isn't that right, cat? And he says it like derogatorily towards you. I'm going to use a key point to use flurry of blows. Go for it. So the first one was a natural one. Mm -hmm. Second is a 14. 14 hits. So the natural one you watch as you punch him with your hand and with his free hand, he catches it and he just spits in your face. And as he spits in your face, you get your other hand angrily and smash him. And do full damage. So that's uh, eight points of damage, bludgeoning. Uh, where do you hit him? In the nose. As you hit him across the nose with your fist as hard as you can, he watches his nose actually straightens. <laughs> it looks perfect <laughs> now. And you hear this crack just... And as it cracks, you hear the crowd go, oh, um, and at that, you watch as he just like starts to bleed from the nose again. He's like, ah, uh, that then brings us to Keys Go. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes and make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.